0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com. Yeah, you got to be ready to play. I mean... Last year we weren't ready and they they beat our ass. So uh, we gotta make sure that we are ready to go and that it's gonna be a physical matchup um, and that uh, we're gonna have to go out there and play our best football. And uh, this is a team that is a lot better than I think of a lot of the uh, people out in social media and media talk, talk, they don't really talk about them, but uh, we know that it's a great football team coming coming to town with to play our best football.
1: All right, as we're back, baby, back off the bye week, and we're all three here. Uh, B, uh, Bk is finally back um, as he took another sabbatical, um, and it, it, it's really bush league because uh, you you at one point said it was me that oh boy, Ron, has a different package when it comes to to, to to vacation. No, no, boss, you you have you are the one who takes his time. I am here ninety five. 92 93 89 percent of the time right i'm here <laughs> i'm here i don't,
2: I don't know why I, I took would. mine on the bye week i feel like i timed mine out pretty well personally i, I don't know yeah. about you 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 tend to take yours week one
1: of the nfl season <laughs> I'm not here time, on the bye week you only have one 10 year wedding anniversary you took yours the week before the bye week no you did you missed you missed it was a 10 day trip what week. do you want what do you want you took two, you got yourself two weeks I, I went on break during the allotted time that we were given. Well, oh.
0: in all fairness, he didn't know that he was going to be off for the bye week Uh-oh, at the uh, time. Sure he no, he didn't. Me being the guy that manages all of the podcasts here at Arrowhead Pride, I decide those things. And I decided, sir, I've always there. got your back. I've always got your back. And this is how you repay me. This oh, no, is it. You, I don't you think throw you me right
2: under places. the bus.
0: I don't. No, think I mean, I'm just to, to saying think you didn't lying, know but... you were gonna have two weeks off from showing
1: BK. You, you like, well, like, I knew I
2: was, was one way or
0: the other. <laughs> it's fine. Everybody saying. deserves time off. It's fine. I just I,
1: I understand now. I know I get a week. I know that I, I get that now. I get a week, Uh and as, as we've seen, you're just gonna take it like AFC Championship game. <laughs> you just take a week off. I don't think so, but, I mean, you don't know what could be happening during that time. It's
0: going to be the week
2: between the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl, and Ron's going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be gone. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not
1: available now. Yeah, no, I, would, I, I wouldn't damn sure do that to you. No, divisional round? Mm. Wild card round? I might have you. I don't know if I'll – I feel like I didn't need – you know, last year I look at it. Like, I don't, I don't think I needed to be there to to preview the Steelers playoff game last year. And I don't know if I need it, and, and, and I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see how I feel about it. See. They I just the, know the I was
0: last year. I don't even remember that. In the playoffs, I, I remember
2: genuinely them? forget that that game happened. Like, somebody mentioned <laughs> yeah. it the other day, and I was like, what the he- – hold on. The corpse of Ben Roethlisberger made the playoffs last year? Man, it, it's still Pringle. baffling
1: to me. Byron Pringle had a date, didn't he? that little movie got into the end zone, you don't remember it, do you? No, I don't remember that
0: game whatsoever. Had no watched, idea it even happened. I there was so down.
1: much that happened the next two weeks
2: that I don't recall anything other than that the Chiefs kicked their ass. That's the and only not, thing that I remember.
1: I'll come clean. Um, I think I watched, like, the 9-10 to ten minute highlight package of that <laughs> video probably about two weeks ago. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. I was... I was in my my office, you know which office I mean, and I was just kind of s- squirreling through YouTube, and bam, <laughs> there it was. I said, let me watch it. I remember a nice, nice long touchdown catch by Kelsey where I thought he should have been tackled multiple times and it looked like. <laughs> It looked like the Steelers' secondary said, hell, let's get up out of here. Nick Allegretti had a touchdown in that game. I forgot it about did, that. He did, man. It was shaky early. Uh, 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 T.J. Watt was was having himself a good game, got him a touchdown, and then the floodgates open after that. All right, I, this is what I need, man. This is what I need. Because, you know, sometimes I can get concerned. Me, I, the, the way that I have fanned and then the way that I think of things is, all right, how can they lose? How can it go wrong? What are going to be the potential problems? Like, I don't ever think, hey, boy, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. My thought and mindset is, how are they not going to get there? What's going to be the reason? And for me, from the jump, I have been fully concerned about where the Chiefs' pass rush is and how they've handled it. And I thought, okay, maybe the last step is to fix it at the trade deadline. Maybe they get something. Like last year, they found a way to get Melvin Gordon. And that really helped fix their 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 defensive line and change their defense. Right. I'm still concerned. They've made some moves. They've drafted George Koloftis. They've uh, they brought in Carlos Dunlap, who, who played all right against against the Niners. Um, they've, they've done things they've, they've tried to bring back Frank, but of course he's missing two games. Um, but I still sit here and understanding that Buffalo and we see Miami winning got better. We look at Baltimore there. We look at, we look at other teams around the AFC that that could potentially be in their path. I don't feel good about this pass rush. Not at all. At all. I don't feel good. I think they got one, one O-N-E pass rusher that I feel like I can count on, which makes it easy to try to double team him. Sort of, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, potential guys that are out there. And they didn't get none of them. None of them, right? Not an interior pass rusher to help nobody from the outside. I need somebody to help me feel better about what they can do. How can this pass rush improve? Is there somebody there with the potential that you think in the next eight to 10 weeks that takes a step? Is Willie Gay Micah Parsons? Is he somebody that can move to the outside? I'm trying. I need somebody to help me. I'm I'm willing to, to lay here. Brandon, you always have numbers. Serta, you are optimistic sometimes. Like, I just need some help because right now I don't see Chris Jones and the pips being able to be good enough to stop them. And when you look down the stretch against Buffalo, they could not get pressure unless Steve Spagnola tried to force it to happen. And when he did that, you had corners draws left on the ground because they were in one-on-one against Diggs and and Davis. And it was say good night. I don't see it. And then they didn't make a move at the deadline. That made me nervous. That made me, I need some help. Somebody tell me, Ron, there's what an Ron old is- adage oh.
2: that when when you get a player back from injury, it's actually better <laughs> than making a trade because you didn't have to give anything up for him. And you know what the Chiefs are getting back from injury this week, it sounds like? Mike Dana. Mike Dana, I'll oh, be damned
1: if
2: he's not going to come in and help your pass rush. In all seriousness, I think a big part of the issue against the Bills, as much as it, yeah, they, they needed more in terms of the pass rush. They also just had guys running wide open, like you had Rashad Fenton. Who see you, good, good, good riddance. We'll see you down in Atlanta, Rashad. We appreciate all that you did for the Chiefs. He's gone now, and why is that? It's because you're going to be able to get back your first round corner that you drafted to be able to go up against guys like Stefan Diggs so they don't end up torching you on the back end. Uh, that's that's how this team's going to have to win. They're going to have to win because their corners one on one were able to match up. And Legereus Sneed, who I think you can make a pretty strong case is their second best pass rusher on the team right now. He's going to have to consistently blitz for them. This is a team you're that a has to corner. Win. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Am I wrong? He's, you're he's you're second safe. on the team in sacks. He's your second best pass rusher right now. Like he, he's going to have to be a guy that helps them out in the passing game, not just with his coverage, but also by getting to the quarterback. So I don't have a whole lot to help you with when it comes to how they're going to get pressure with four because this team can't. Consistently get pressure with four. I I would add this though, Ron, and maybe this will make you feel better. I wouldn't have been interested in any of the defensive ends that got traded, and really, there was just the one, Bradley Chubb. First of all, they weren't going to trade him in the division, but no. giving up that kind of capital for a guy who have you ever ever, Ron, in a Chiefs versus Broncos game, gone into it saying, "Man, I'm really worried about Bradley Chubb," because I haven't. I, I've he's a he's a solid player, but he's he's okay he's a he's a nice pass rusher to have and i wouldn't have given up a first round pick for him and the other options that you had available would have probably required two first round picks a guy like josh allen from the jaguars uh brian burns who i don't think was actually available but his name got thrown out there from the panthers both of them would have required multiple first round picks and i just i don't know that this team is in a position right now to be able to give up that kind of a draft capital for any player much less a defensive end that is really good, but maybe not on the elite tier. So I, I'm kind of glad they didn't give up the draft capital that it would have required for these defensive ends while also acknowledging, yeah, they're not in a good spot.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Who was the guy from the commandos you were talking about? Uh sort of Duran Payne, who's more yeah. of an interior player, but I mean I would I, I would have
0: could have had an impact if the Chiefs yeah. were interested.
1: Yeah. I mean even that. Even you go to that is sue like...
0: still th- does he want to play football? Because well, I'd be cool with him coming thing. in. Well I don't know. Man, it's done. <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how in I am on that. Uh, I mean, I'm fine with them bringing in some other veteran just to see what they can do there and see if somebody can come in and have an impact for them. But I do agree with BK. I wasn't prepared all the Josh Allen hype and everybody. Oh, the chiefs are calling about Josh Allen. They're going to get this stud young pass rusher. I was like, this is not going to happen because the draft capital was going to be too high and you'd have to pay him a lot of money. And I wasn't really on board with that. It's to think that the chiefs are going to, we're going to somehow turn into this Buffalo defensive line and, and be that type of unit that can bring pressure with four guys every single time. I just don't think was realistic. And I don't think that there were guys available who were going to be able to help you become that this season anyways, because I know Frank had a good game before he went and got suspended over the bye week but we don't have a lot of faith in Frank Clark moving forward. We hope George continues to develop and becomes a better player as the season moves along, but we just got to kind of see what we have. And I do think there is something to Mike Dana coming back and hopefully being healthy because he was at least looking good before he got hurt. And since he's been injured, he has not looked the same because in the limited snaps that he's gotten, he just looks like he's clearly playing hurt. So they're just gonna have to roll with it, and I think that Spags has been great this year, dialing up the pressure with the blitzes. So that's what that's your move now. That that's what you
1: have to do the well, rest of the season. Uh, no, I know that's what you have to do, and I and and I don't love it. I, I and I'm sure you all don't love it either. I don't love it. I mean, it feels like you're going to have to depend on over the next ten weeks or so, Mike Dana taking a a step and being a guy that is is is. You know, up another level as a pass rusher, and that George takes a snap. Now those things are possible, especially George as a rookie. I never really feel that George is going to be a guy that that's just kind of coming off the edge. He feels like a workhorse. He's you know, a complimentary
2: like piece, like a he's, workhorse he's not a... bull
1: rush. Yeah. But you, you hope. I, my thing is, what it is, what, what it looks like, it's going to be, is Spags is going to have to ultimately manufacture pressure and when you do that you got to really trust your corners and you got to really trust your 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 back hat your back half and can you do that because what we watched was they they got they got pressure sometimes when he manufactured it but josh allen killed you when he didn't and i understand what you're talking about that their corners weren't there and i think there's an improvement there but also like on the game winner like justin justin reed just couldn't cover you know, knocks long enough. And he and he gave up a touchdown. And there's such some plays where he just had such time. Like you could see he steps back and you know spags that sent pressure. And then you know they've got it long enough, and you're like, he's gonna kill you. And that thing when you have to, when you have to manufacture pressure by blitzing, that's that's where the that's where the problems start to occur so i you know that's that's how they're gonna have to win or they're gonna have to mix it up um but that that that's that's gonna be tough it's a hard life to live as a defensive coordinator it because
2: it, it just makes everything more difficult on the back end and you're relying on one-on-ones as opposed to being back there potentially in more zone and being able to double guys up it, it's hard but it's also the reality for this team yep. and uh, honestly I'm not even sure that would have changed all that much if they got one of those complimentary pieces that we're talking about. Like, I I think this was just going to be what they were is they're going to win with numbers and they hope that they're able to send pressure enough and they can rely on those corners on the outside to be able to win one-on-one and they're not going to every time. And they're going to give up some big plays over the top as a result of that. But that's who this 2022 version of the chiefs is. And the truth is like against the bills as bad as it looked at times with the defense they gave up 24 points and if the offense is able to come through with 27 you probably win that game yeah so it like that that's what you need you, you need the offense to be able to mask some of those deficiencies that they have defensively you need spags to be able to cover for some of the deficiencies that they have when it comes to uh their pass rush by dialing up the correct blitzes at the right times. And so I I didn't really have an issue with them not coming away with somebody as a defensive lineman. I would have liked to have seen something, but given what it sounds like a lot of the prices were, it's kind of like Ron, you're a baseball guy at, at the major league baseball trade deadline. It, people are just if you if you're a fan of a contender and we remember this in Kansas City and like 14 when they ended up with Josh Willingham, like sometimes you 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 hear the prices afterwards, and you're like, Oh, well, I, I wouldn't have done that either. Even though before the deadline, everybody just wants you to do something, just have some sort of activity. And I think that's kind of where I land on
1: this. Well, I, I hear you. Uh before we get to the swing, um, I just see how do you guys feel about the deal they did make? Kadarius Tony, uh in, in his second year uh with the Giants, they make a trade for him, third-round pick. I think in the third and the sixth, that what it was. Uh I think a third and a sixth, something like that. They bring in Kadarius Tony. Um, I saw mixed bags from a mixed bag of of how people feel. Here is my thing: uh, when I first saw it, I just my first thought was, "Well, that's interesting. That seems redundant. Feels like they've got uh, at least a player that plays and does that same thing." But my thing is this: I clearly believe that Andy Reid gets. Um, it gets the the benefit of the doubt to me of if he sees a weapon an offensive player like that and thinks hmm, i want to trade it you know a draft capital like third i mean third round i mean they've got multiple of them um but the third round i mean, I mean if you look at Kansas City the chiefs have a, a history of bringing in amazing players out of the third round if they're thinking about giving up a pick like that I'm gonna trust that Andy Reid, who has been, I believe, the best play caller in, in football since Bill Walsh. If Andy Reid sees something there, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that before I say, "Oh, I don't know about that move." I'm gonna go with that. I think it does maybe say something for the future. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that. So if Andy thinks he sees something there, because there's talent there, then I, I'm I'm a rock with that. I'll go with that.
2: Kadarius Tony is a weird player because he he's clearly talented. Like you can't watch some of his highlights from a year ago and say to yourself, yeah, that guy has no talent. He does, but it's, it's everything else. It's the injuries. It's, I I don't even want to say like discipline because that can sometimes be a catch-all, but there just seems to be a lot of stuff with him. And in New York, it was a problem off the field for him in terms of just there was a lot of stuff, and it didn't seem like the previous coaching staff or the new coaching staff really thought much of him as a player or as an individual to be inside of their locker room. And so there, there's that. That's the backdrop. But if we're just talking about the football side of things, Kadarius Tony, at least in my perspective, is a stronger and shiftier version of what the Chiefs currently have in McColl Hardman. That's what he is. He's He's a gadget player who I think maybe runs slightly better routes than McColl does. I do think he's a little better going across the middle than McColl is, but they they play the same role. And so for this season, I don't really have a whole lot of expectations as to what Kadarius Toney's going to do for this team, unless he just takes over that role from McColl, which I think McColl's played better this year, so I don't anticipate that necessarily happening. But for the future, though, I think it tells you that McCole's not going to be here next year. I I think he is your McCole Hardman replacement, and he's doing so on a rookie deal. So I understand it from that perspective. I just, I don't know. I'm I'm not as high on Kadarius Tony as I think a lot of Chiefs fans are because of like basically two games in which he was really really good.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm super high on him as a player, and you know it is weird that he gets drafted by one regime. Kind of have some issues there with. You know, coaches kind of floating things around like, oh, they're not sure he's showing up to work and, and things like that and having issues with that. And that's Joe Judge. So I'm like, OK, you get a pass on that because Joe Judge sucks. <laughs> but now you look at what the Giants are doing and they have Brian Dable. They have the new front office and they just were not even interested in having him be a part of what they were trying to build there. And that was apparent from the get go, which is why Patrick Mahomes said this week that Veach told him in the offseason that they were talking to the giants about Kadarius Tony. So I think it's a swing and it is a little bit of a risk, but I think it just plays into what the chiefs are building for the future. And yeah, you know, we'll see if he can have an impact this season. I don't know if, if he is going to really have much of an impact this season, but when you talk about that, the chiefs betting on the leadership of Patrick Mahomes, the leadership of Travis Kelsey, the leadership of Andy Reid, and their locker room and, and their culture is a franchise. Like, you come here to win championships. And if you aren't going to help us be a part of winning championships, then get out. Like that's what they're building here. Now they're betting on themselves that they'll get the most out of Kadarius Tony. And I'm talking myself into them getting the best out of Kadarius Tony and getting the best. It's a wide receiver. And now, you know, just Justin Ross might be back and, you know, provide something next season. All of a sudden this chiefs wide receiver core Woo. it's young it's exciting it's dynamic it's interesting I'm excited I'm, I'm on board
1: you you both are a couple of sad little men <laughs> now you're going with the now I know you guys are taller than me but you're both a couple of sad little men <laughs> i mean you're gonna go with Justin Ross is it is what, you, is what you don't don't put push me into that off. category I'm just and saying, then you just don't forget about him just don't and then him. Still and there. then and then you After the young man does something we've never seen, a wide receiver rush for (laughs) two touchdowns and catch one in a game, three touchdowns in a game, you then, in your ways of talking about Kadarius Toney, just rip apart McCole Hardman for no reason at every turn. And it was no reason for it. Like, listen, we know that he is a replacement for McCole Hardman. But there was no reason for you to just start talking about. It. He's a more sturdier, uh, better version of McCole Hardman. Better route runner across the middle. But like, there's no reason. There's no reason I for you I to said, tear and apart. And I stand it. by it. No, I, I, no, there's no reason. You could use different words. It's just sad, man. You act like you act like McCole's Frank. Stop it. Stop no, it. Leave I, him alone. That's a big week for frail. him. Can we give him a round of applause? Seventeen. Big time. We haven't been on the air since seventeen. Come on, he's out there setting records. Come on, man. That was
0: a while ago. We had a whole not to mention,
1: not to mention in the last podcast, I specifically said they gotta get him more involved as much as they don't want to, and bang, bang, the witch is dead. And I won and I was right. Bang, bang, the witch (laughs) is dead. I was right and bam, three touchdowns.
0: If McColl keeps playing like this with how awful the wide receiver market is next year, he might go get himself a Christian Kirk contract.
1: Yeah. Let's not get it. get crazy here. I mean, I, I, the Jaguars just you.
2: traded a future pick for a guy who was ineligible to play. You
1: know, I mean, not think gonna they really... would love to add themselves a McCole Hardman? He's going to really have to take a step. And hell, I'm fine with it. Let's do it. Let's do it. But I mean, I'm with you, McCole. Parlay at my
2: office. Five minutes. We'll I... play the same game at the same time.
0: The Arrowhead Pride Same Game Parlay with Pete Sweeney, presented by DraftKings.
3: Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Same Game Parlay as brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Pete Sweeney, the editor in chief of ArrowheadPride.com. This week, the Kansas City Chiefs are taking on the Tennessee Titans on Sunday Night Football. We have a four leg parlay as part of Sunday Night Football. First up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs actually by nine and a half points. The spread right now, as we record this, is 12. I feel like that's a little too rich, but we do think the Chiefs will win by 10. So the Chiefs by 10. Travis Kelsey, who leads the NFL in touchdowns, we think he'll get in the end zone again. And then we have some rushing props. We think that the new starter, Isaiah Pacheco, will hit on the over. And then Derrick Henry, who's coming off a more than 200-yard game, We have the under on Derrick Henry. So once again, the Chiefs by 10, Travis Kelsey to get in the end zone. New starter, Isaiah Pacheco to hit the over in rushing yards and the Chiefs to handle Derrick Henry coming into Arrowhead. That's your Arrowhead Pride. Same game parlay, ride with Arrowhead Pride.
1: All right, we do this every week uh, uh, when we're routinely interrupted by Pete. Uh, We do this every week um, when the Chiefs have the ball. When the Chiefs have the ball... I'm going to tell you, this is, uh, fellas, this is my favorite week of the year. Every year with the Chiefs since 2013. The Titans this week? No, this is this particular week is my favorite week. They do play the Titans every year. But this is my favorite week. The week following the bye week. It's my favorite week of the year because there's been no coach uh, that's been better than Andy Reid coming off a of bye week and – Generally, this is the time frame where we see new wrinkles from Andy and Eric and, and, and the crew. And because they self-evaluate, that's what most teams, especially the good teams, self-evaluate, look at all right, what things, what things should we continue to do? What things that that work that we need to do more of? What things we need to flush down the toilet, like Jarrett McKinney in, in short yardage. Like what things do we need to get rid of? Like that, that and, and come up with new things. And they always do it. Right, we always see new wrinkles in the second half of the season, and I'm more excited with this team, fellas, because this is still a a, a young, uh, young offensive group. When I mean young offensive group, I'm talking about the parts together. You know, they, they they're still new parts figuring things out, and this is now Andy and them looking and seeing them for the first several weeks of the season, seeing all right what the strengths are. And now, I'm. What's the potential? Like, what things are they looking at? Saying, "All right, moving forward, this is the next thing we're taking forward." I don't know. Is it? Is it getting Juju more involved because he started to come on towards uh, towards the last few games after uh, leading into the bye? Is it something else? I am. I am excited this year as much as I've been probably since Mahomes' first year because the the beginning before they got to the bye that year. They knew what they had in Mahomes, but now they got to see him against teams. And now it's like, okay, now we can now we know what we can do. Maybe they know what they can do with some of their personnel that they're learning more. And I I am intrigued, offensively, especially, to see what new wrinkles Andy and Eric and company come up with and what new things are they gonna say. All right, this is the path for us to win in. i, I I'm excited about this.
2: Yeah, there was a comment earlier this week. I think it was from Austin Eckler who was talking about the the run gap scheme that they're doing in the in L.A. They, they've moved to that, and they've done so at least in part during their bye week, and he thinks it's going to be better for their running game, which, God, hopefully it, ha- it does because his leading yards this year, he's had two games where it's over 50. It has not been pretty for the Chargers in their running game.
1: I mean, they can keep sucking, but go ahead. But what I mean by that
2: is, I think the Chiefs should do something similar. And I'm curious to see if that's something that comes out of the bye week We've been talking about this for a year and a half now, Ron. It's very clear with this offensive line how they should be playing, which is more power, more gap, more man-on-man, and move the dude in front of you. Because they've got big, strong, hulking offensive linemen, much more so than they had earlier on in Andy Reid's tenure when they are very much a zone-heavy team. I'm curious to see if we see some of that. Does it happen against Tennessee? I'm not sure. What I I am kind of keeping in the back of my mind, Ron, and I think Chiefs fans should do this as well, I think the Chiefs can win these next couple of games without showing too much. You got Tennessee this week. You got Jacksonville next week. Both of those games are at home. I think where you really see the changes is starting on, on the road at the Chargers and then at home against the Rams, and then on the road against Cincinnati. Those are the games where I think they start pulling out some of the stuff that we've probably been thinking, or they've probably been thinking about during the bye week. But this week, even if it doesn't change a lot, I do think that they're going to they're gonna eventually implement some of that stuff. But to your point on, on just the personnel changes that you could see, I think you probably see more of Pacheco this week. We saw a glimpse of that within quote-unquote starting him against the 49ers. I think you do see more of Juju getting involved early and often because he's pretty clearly their best and should be their number one wide receiver. And I'm going to go back to it. I'm going back to the well. I wonder if we start seeing more of Shut Sky up. Moore.
1: Oh my God, man.
2: What they is it? Said, I can't even what? begin to tell you how many times. Serta, you heard the interviews today. How many times did they say today, the rookies are no longer rookies. Now is when they have to start hitting their stride. I I, I would not be surprised if, a lot of people are expecting, hey, maybe they start immediately getting Tony involved. Ah, I think some of the stuff that people think Tony's going to be involved with will actually be for Sky Moore offensively. Is this a wish? Like, this feels
1: <laughs> like a, a, a dream that you're having. Wow. Come on, man. That's oh, right, listen. man. Fumble, a, fumble another punt, man. Now we'll get you in here. No, he'll be involved again, offensively man. now. Darius yeah. Tony gets oh, his uh, off return. Yeah, yeah. Oh, No, offensive because they used him a ton against the Niners, right? Listen, I, I'm going to say this. I, I Listen, I hope for Sky Moore. No, there's a lot of potential there. I'm not going to go crazy now. I'm not going to go crazy. Like, I know in your mind you could never think, well, maybe they brought in, maybe they brought in Kadarius Tony to take some of that, some of what we thought Sky Moore could be right now. Maybe, maybe they brought some of that over here for that. I just, I, I want Sky Moore to be good. I do. I do. I mean, I'm not just going to sit there. I, I think this has just become a, a personal thing for the two of you. In need. It's, I mean, we, we
0: see the potential in the small it. sample No, side. there
1: is potential, but you and can but you're sitting. You're lying to yourself right now.
0: Offensively, I agree There's... with what BK is saying for the most part. I don't. Well, I know you do. See a ton over the next few weeks from the Chiefs offensively that we didn't see over the first you know month month and a half of the season or whatever. Like I, I do think that these next couple of games are going to be about personnel changes and getting those guys reps. Because these are good contests to do it. I understand the Titans are five and two, and they've they've truly got like an elite run defense. Their run defense is spectacular this season. It's the best part of their defense. But you can beat their corners. You can do some things in the passing game against them that the Chiefs should be able to exploit with Patrick Mahomes. And so it's a good opportunity, especially if you get up big in a game like this to get Pacheco more reps, to get Sky more more reps, and to get them involved a little bit more early on too to see how they get acclimated so then you can bust out the things that you've been working on in practice down the line. These are the perfect games for that,
1: especially
0: coming out of a bye week.
1: Yeah, the Pacheco thing, the running game, I think that is clearly going to be a thing that they feel like they can improve on. And, and, and I, I think we may see some new wrinkles, and you're right, maybe, maybe it's not this week. But I think in the second half we're going to see some new wrinkles. In fact, I think it will be this week because I don't think Andy can help it. But I like I think we'll see some new things with a run game and some new ways to use Pacheco. And Lord, I hope they've watched some film with him and said, "Hey, man, let's 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 check up on this vision. Uh, let, let let's take a look at some of these alleys you're missing here, where you could have really big really big games." But y'all got Y'all, y'all got to let y'all got y'all got to allow Sky Moore to show you something before you start. You keep bringing him to the table. And jumping him over things, he's just not. I mean, he made a catch against the Bills, and I mean, you guys have just lost it. And now, I mean, just just calm down. I know you love. I know you love him. Maybe he just, maybe well, he just ain't ready yet.
0: Listen, I, I'm going to blame. I'm blaming Dave Tobe for stunning his growth. If anything, hundred percent. Dave Tobe's putting him back there as a punt returner. He knows he is not comfortable. He did not do that in college. He does not have experience yeah. doing that. Dave Tobe has no idea what he's doing with Sky Moore back there.
2: Put, put McDuffie back there. Go ahead and uh, now you got Kadarius Tony who's done it. Like, go. So we those, those guys or your Is Mike right? Hughes out there
0: somewhere? No,
1: no, no, no. Don't bring up that name. We don't need it. Yeah. We don't. Need it. Uh, Just the return. Right. Dave to Dave Tobe, who's been one of the best special teams coach in the NFL. It's on him that he- that this nut keeps dropping the ball in major major situations. That's right. Whatever. Yeah, that's special teams. I- I'm talking about offense. Get him more involved oh, in the it.
2: offensive game plan, yeah. and everything will go well.
1: Yeah, he's he's shown he's shown so much this year to to be to be given the 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 opportunity to be more involved. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I just know he's got a lot of players in front of him that have clearly been playing better than he has and I and I know that is the case. All right. I know there was something interesting BK that you said last year when they played this team. I mean, it and and, and, and we would think like, boy, defensively, boy, they got ran through and they did. But offensively, this was a game in which we hadn't seen the Chiefs' offense under Patrick Mahomes just get done in. They couldn't do anything. How many points did they score in that game? It was three. under ten, wasn't it? Yeah, three. Got him. Yeah, three. Like that. That kind of jumped off. Maybe that was the 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 blueprint that a lot of teams started to use with this uh, with this defense with the two high safeties of the Chiefs. It was, yeah. You look back
2: last year, and they had had their struggles early on in the season, and it didn't feel quite the same offensively for the Chiefs as it had in years past, but they were still scoring 35, 24, 30. And then against Buffalo, they struggled, but they got it done. They found a way to kind of get their numbers. You got to that Tennessee game, and everything just fell apart. It was an absolute meltdown for the Chiefs offensively. And that was kind of the start of what then became really a a five or six week stretch where they just couldn't get anything going three points against Tennessee. We all remember that weird, they ended up winning, but weird game offensively against the giants. Same thing against green Bay where they barely were able to beat the backup quarterback in that one, Dallas, they struggled with Denver. They struggled with, and then finally they broke out against Las Vegas and they ended up going on that run at the end of the season. But The Tennessee game was when that all started, and they kind of laid out the blueprint. And we've seen this in the past at times with Mike Vrabel, where he'll catch on to something that a team does that frustrates an opponent, and then he'll just kind of make that into his own game plan for that respective game. I don't think Tennessee has the personnel to do that this time around defensively, but the Chiefs made their offense, they remade it in the offseason. in part to beat teams like Mike Rabel's defense, to be able to beat the too high shell where they're trying to take, make you throw everything underneath the Chiefs should, and mostly have been equipped this season to beat that kind of a defense. That's where Juju comes in. That's where you would hope McColl is able to help you out. Maybe sky Moore, but definitely Travis Kelsey. And then you get that running game going. And if you could do those things against the Tennessee Titans, They should not be able to stop you the way that they did last year. And honestly, this defense shouldn't even really be able to slow
1: you down. No, I mean they 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 from that point, yeah, they struggled a bit, but they they seem to get a handle on that on that defense because everybody started playing it afterwards. They seem Mm -hmm. to get a handle on that, and even if they, even since they don't have Tyreek Hill, like they still this this team, you would even I think that's what kind of point you're getting to is they're even more equipped. To handle this style of of, of of defense because they got so many guys that can play in the middle of the field and that can they can get their hay from uh, from both tight ends to fourteen as well to the running backs in the middle of the field too that they've used a lot so this should be something that they uh, yeah I don't think the Titans defense should be a problem this year Jeffrey Simmons could be but I, I mean you know, they got to get him blocked if he plays they got to get him blocked but but I think I think they should be fine. This Titans team in
2: general, man, like if we go to the other side of the ball as well, where when the Titans have the ball and the Chiefs are on the we can go there right
1: now. We can go there right now. Go ahead. They're just not very good,
2: man. I I know what the record says. They're a four
1: four game winning streak. Five. (sighs) Five games. Is it five? Shoot, you're right. I mean, when you look, when you beat the likes of the Raiders and the Colts, the Commanders and the Colts again. And the very sturdy game, Houston Texans. And you're going on a stretch like that, Jack. Sure, they got absolutely decapitated 41 to 7 by Buffalo.
0: That's a long time ago. It's five weeks ago.
2: They're just not a very good football team. And they're an even worse football team when Malik Willis is their quarterback. I know that everybody loved Malik Willis in the draft process. I even kind of fell. Uh, victim to the the hype of what Malik Willis could be in the NFL because he's got a crazy strong arm and he can run like hell. But man, he has no idea where the ball is going. Last week, he, he I think you said he attempted one pass in the second half against the Texans.
1: Yeah, I, I was big on Malik Willis and I, and I still like, I watched him and he was horrific, uh, last week. And then they just quit because, well, they didn't have to, they didn't have to do anything, they just, they're they easily able to quit um and just hand the ball off because they rushed for over 300 damn yards but he missed wide open receivers um uh, and when i say wide open receivers hell he only attempted 10 10 passes through the whole game and uh, only one in the entire second half he may there, there may be something there there but he's certainly not ready to play right now and, and you look, and- look at the targets that he's got too like Oh,
2: it's yeah. Robert Woods and then oh, yeah. literally nobody else. Like Derrick Henry is basically second on the team in receiving yards this season. And he's, he's not a receiving back. He's a guy that all for his entire career, like sir, I know you play daily fantasy. He's a guy that you worry about playing in a PPR site because he never catches the football and that's their second leading receiver on the year. So it, it's just, it's bad for them offensively. And when you look at when the chiefs are on defense, If you can simply slow down Derrick Henry, and they did a pretty good job of that recently, but if you can slow him down, this team has nothing else to offer offensively. Nothing. I mean, they
1: they were routinely handing the ball off on third and nine, and they were getting it, but they were routinely handing the ball off on third and nine. that was that's their horse, and they're gonna use it, especially if Malik Willis plays. (laughs)
0: It's. I mean, you gotta worry about Trail Hilliard too. Oh boy, he's he really had 83 awesome
1: yards guy. rushing too. I mean, anyway. he's
0: he might be their second best offensive playmaker. Like that's how bad it is. I and don't. See, I know every wide receiver on almost every team. Every wide receiver that has like a starting role in an NFL offense, I don't have the Titans wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, you
1: know, you know, know who Cody, you know who Cody Hollister is. Now stop it. And you got God. the and you got the God. game Chris Conley when they go three wide, they go Woods, I got Hollister, Robert. and Conley. I that's forgot Chris mean.
0: Conley even signed with him, and he should be he should be lifted because Ron. Do you know where Cody Hollister went to went to college?
1: Sure. <laughs> Villanova,
2: the Good zag. One of I those. only know because I had to look it up, and I cover this conference for a living. Uh, he he apparently went to Arkansas. So the, the gentleman oh, is, I actually, is a I did know that easily forgettable you say that. man. Yeah,
1: I did know that when you say that. See, that's why it's interesting to me because. I think this game is defensively for the Chiefs. It's easy, as you said, but If they could just slow down Derrick Henry, I'm just fascinated by how Spags is going to go by doing it, because um, even if Tannehill plays, and and I and I and I'll be honest, I you know I think he I would think he would. If they don't, I mean they don't got a chance in hell in this game. But I, I, even if Tannehill plays, to what you just talked about, the, the David Hollister kid, Cody, whatever his name is. Uh, and, and, and Chris Conley, and, and even Robert Woods. Like, to me, this is a, a chance with your young corners, and we've seen there have been some issues in man, but this ain't Diggs and, and, and Gabriel Davis, right? I feel comfortable, like, that Watson, and and, and I think McDuffie, who's coming back, and, uh, and, and Joshua Williams, like, those guys can hold their own enough if you're going to leave them out you know, on an island, man, man to man, one on one, in order to get more recent resources up there to stop Henry in the run game because that's what they want to do. And listen, they've got and they've got injuries across the offensive line too. Like uh, Taylor LeWan, the tackle is not there. They, they've got a guard that's missing as well. At least he missed last week. So I mean, they've they've got some problems up front too, in which the Chiefs should be able to take advantage of. But I I think this this should me to be a week that. Spag says, "All right, man. I'm gonna put you guys on an island, and, and I'm gonna expect that you guys can cover these guys, uh, and and where we can we can add safeties and add another linebacker up front, uh, because that that's how they're gonna beat you. It's gonna they're gonna beat you. They're not they're gonna run it, and they're not gonna stop running it unless it, it completely gets out of hand. And, and I think the Chiefs actually are." Like from a personnel
2: perspective, they're well-situated this year to be able to go up against a team like this. Like Nick Bolton's a very good run defender. Darius Harris, surprisingly pretty good as a run defender. And earlier today, I know I was listening to the Spags presser, and he mentioned how Darius Harris has earned a role on this team. I think you're going to be in a lot of base in this game. You'll see a lot of three linebackers on the field, uh, unlike what you see most of the time. And so he'll be one of the guys out there. I think it'll be Harris, it'll be Bolton, and it'll be Willie Gay out there for you. And then your defensive line, like George Karloftis for oh, it's all, his of game, his, baby. all of his issues as a as a pass rusher, this should be where he thrives. So uh, even Brian Cook, like on the back end, throw him up there. Get him close to the line of scrimmage. It should be the type of game where he could succeed. Like you, you have the personnel, even with Frank Clark out this week, where you should be able to defend the run pretty darn well with the guys that you have allotted to you, I I would be pretty shocked if the Titans are able to keep this one close. And I know those are the famous last words, and I'm sure there's some people that are saying, yeah, we said that about the Colts game too, and look at how that went. The Colts had players. The, the Colts had dudes that you could see how they could beat you. I don't think the Titans really do outside of Derrick Henry.
1: Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I think I think they should be all right. But, I, I yeah, I'm intrigued to see how that is. I, I like to see those corners on an island and to see what McDuffie can do. Uh, I know it's McDuffie's first game back, but, I mean, I think that's a guy that can cover Robert Woods. Yeah. And, and the rest of the way. All right, to the game that is sweeping the nation certified or an imposter. I got it down now, folks.
3: You're certified, right? Let's get you certified.
2: I'm an
1: imposter. Certified an imposter. I'm gonna go here to my guy. Old number seven seven. Old Andrew Wiley at right tackle. Now, am I am I right on this, sir Louis or Luis? Uh, uh Lucas Niang, He is off of IR and unable to practice again. And he was He
0: the... he has been activated from the pup list. The Chiefs have well, they had twenty one days. They've got they've got a few weeks basically to activate him to the active roster if he wants to play this season or if they want him to play. Otherwise, he will not be able to play for the rest
1: of the year. If we remember the young man out of Texas Christian University, he was he was the starter at right tackle coming into the season before he had that injury against the, against the Bengals. I say that because with Andrew Riley, he, he scares me half to death, to be honest with you. And um, he needs help in a major way every time I sense him over there, uh, whether it's a bull rush or speed. He's in survival mode every single time. Is is he certified or imposter as being good enough to be this team's right tackle go ahead bk
2: i so I, i'm glad you added that disclaimer of like what specifically we're saying he's certified or an imposter for because like is he a, a stud right tackle who would be starting on most teams no like def- definitely not and i would not claim that hey, real
1: quick is he a guard is he a better guard than his right tackle i mean i know he's played right tackle i is think he a, he's is he playing out he, of position
2: i actually think he's okay at tackle i think okay. it's probably his best spot but Like he's, he's just, he's okay. And you, he's a replacement level offensive tackle. That's what he is. He's Mike Rimmers. He's any other guy that's come through Kansas city and has played that spot on the cheap that that's who Andrew Wiley is. And so is he a certified guy as the the starter for this team? Yeah, probably. I I think from what we've seen from Lucas kneeing, I think Andrew Wiley is a better player. I think he is the guy that gives you the better chance down the stretch. But I think that like, if we're talking off season, is right. Tackle a need for the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that they should be looking to do going into the off season is trying to upgrade from both Wiley and Niang. But for now, I think he's certified.
0: Yeah. I'm going to call him an imposter. Um, <laughs> I just don't, he's just not, I agree with pretty much everything that BK said. Like he is a replacement level tackle, but They came into the season knowing this was going to be an issue and just hoping, well, we can just get the best out of him. And hopefully the rest of the offensive line being so solid, it will compensate for the issues that we have right there at the right bookend spot. But it's just not going to when you go up against these elite pass rushes, like it's going to be a problem each and every time. And they knew that and they came into the season with it that way. And there probably wasn't many better options than they had with Andrew Wiley. I don't believe that we've seen really like a large enough sample size of Lucas Niang as their starting right tackle to believe like we definitively know what he could be when he's fully healthy. When they drafted him he was injured. Now he has this injury, which is a really difficult injury to come back from and be fully healthy again. So I, I don't know if Lucas Niang's ever going to live up to that guy that they drafted, and I don't know if he's ever going to be their starting right tackle. But Andrew Wiley is the best thing that they have right now, and Lucas Niang's probably not going to push him for that starting role, I would have to imagine, the rest of the season. But he's still an imposter in my mind.
1: Yeah, I, I got to say imposter too, and I'm with you. I don't think there's been a long, uh, large enough sample size. And here is why I go there, and I'm, I, hope, I hope there is at least a look at Lucas Niang. Obviously, I don't think they're going to fill this void you know, any other way. I hope there's a look from Lucas Niang because what teams are starting to do, and Buffalo did it, is, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure like Von Miller could give Orlando Brown problems, but why not just put him on the other side with 7-7? And, that, and, and that's what they did, and that's where the sacks came. Like pivotal moments in that game against Buffalo is, boy, they get the fourth down stop and the Chiefs are in good field position and they're up 20-7. to And you're like, all right, this is a drive that they can put points on the board and really change this game. And it's a third down and six that's doable. And I don't know, for some reason Andy and them let uh, 7-7 go one-on-one with Von Miller. Um, But he just raced around and there's a sack that took it away. That's what teams are going to start doing. Like uh, and, and putting their best guy over him, and hell, even even when you help and chip, like it, it, he's still getting giving up pressure. He may be the best right now, but he's an imposter. And I, I'm like, I'd like to see what what Lucas Niang brings to the table. And I'm not gonna lie to you, 077 scares the hell out of me. Like he he scares me anytime. I I find my eyes going there. And I hope I and I and I'm hoping. All right, Pat, you see this coming. Uh, you need to you need to bail or adjust or go somewhere. You see this coming because he's giving it up quick. Like I I have been, I have been traumatized by that Max Crosby bull rush of Monday Night Football. That that one was just oh my god is what I said. So I got to go in posture there with my man. What's predictions? I'll go off first. I I think this one's going to get out of hand. Uh, I'm going to go 35, 13, 35, 13. I think the chiefs uh, went on Sunday night football and I can't wait to see what second half material Mike Tirico and Chris Collins were going to have (laughs) to talk about after this ass kicking. I think Chad Henney plays in this game.
2: Yeah. And And
1: not because of, because something bad happens.
2: I'm going even further. I'll say 41 to 13. I, I, I don't really know how the Titans keep this one close. And I'm I'm assuming Malik Willis is their quarterback. If he's not, maybe they end up getting to like 17, 20. But yeah, I, I think this is a multi-touchdown game in favor of the Chiefs.
0: I agree. I think it's a blowout. Uh, I think the Chiefs win this one 41 to 10. Um, and it's not just because I think they're such an overmatch for the Titans. It's specifically because of what Patrick Mahomes said this week when he was asked about you know facing them after a bye, and he was like and they beat our ass last year. Like these guys remember
1: Yeah, they care they got, about this game too.
0: Yeah, they got yeah. dominated by this Titans team last season. And so I, I think they're going to be ready to put it to them on a primetime Sunday night game at Arrowhead Stadium. So I, I just think the Chiefs dominate.
1: All right, it'll be a late night for our guy Cerda. Uh there you will be listening to the post-game show right right here on uh, Arrowhead Pride
0: yep uh as always you can catch me and rocky Magania with the arrowhead pride rapid reaction show immediately following the chiefs game and you can check out all of our pre and post game coverage at arrowheadpride.com
1: i like rocky he feels like a guy that has a lot of chest here. oh yeah he's a hairy. Like, he seems like a guy that's got real taco meat real taco meat good to have you back bk It's good good to be back, Ron. I I miss the taco meat references. That man is fantastic, man. He got a little chicken. (laughs) Little chicken in his taco. All right. We are out.